Do you struggle with procrastination? Do you know why you do? And would you like to kick that habit for good? Keep listening and we'll try to dig through it. Welcome back to the Change on Purpose podcast. I'm Seamus, your host, and today's episode is dedicated to the high achievers with high-functioning anxiety out there that constantly deal with procrastination in all areas of their lives. Now, don't be put off by the whole anxiety bit. It'll all become apparent in a minute. Just stick with me here, okay? So, if you're someone with high ambitions and lofty goals and a drive to excel towards them, the challenges of procrastination can still crop up. In this episode, we'll explore the traits of someone with high-functioning anxiety and how it all relates to procrastination. More importantly, I'll share some practical strategies that you you might use to, to help you overcome procrastination and increase your own productivity and your happiness. So lads, you know the drill. Earbuds in, coffee in hand, and let's crack on. Right, I mentioned high-functioning anxiety, and it's probably put some of you off, or you might be scratching your head, but there's really no need. High-functioning anxiety, it isn't a diagnosis. It isn't a mental health disorder it's just a condition where you could be experiencing or showing off some of the traits of general anxiety but you seem to successfully manage and succeed at all your responsibilities and demands in life now if you picture the duck the analogy of the duck gracefully floating along the water yet its feet are flapping like billy dan beneath well that's high functioning anxiety I think I've had it forever, and I know an awful lot of people have as well. They might not have all the traits, but they've some of the traits. And I suppose that's why I became interested in high-functioning anxiety, particularly in high achievers. Um, I've done my own research in it, reading up on it. Like I said, it's not a diagnosis. It's not a, a, a disorder, but it is an interesting area, and I would encourage you listen to this podcast and I would encourage all of you to kind of read up on it a bit because if nothing else it um it might help you understand yourself a bit better and why you do certain things and how you can change that behavior maybe you're curious of what traits high achievers would be showing if they had high functioning anxiety well high functioning anxiety is characterized by individuals who often excel in various areas of their lives. They often demonstrate high achievements and they have definitely got a very high competence. But beneath the surface, like I said, the duck on water, these high achievers, they can be experiencing persistent worry, massive self-doubt and an unbelievably constant need for perfection. People with high-functioning anxiety are often the go-getters that you see in work. They're often very successful. They get promotions, etc. And here, managers love them. Because you know why? Because they're detail-orientated and they will literally get shit done. But at what cost to the person, to the individual? Some traits of someone with high-functioning anxiety may include, first of all, high standards. See, high achievers with high-functioning anxiety, they'll often set incredibly high standards, not necessarily for the people around them, for themselves. And this can lead to massive pressure on the individual in their own mind's eye and a huge fear of failure and fear of letting people down. Another trait will be overthinking. People like this may overanalyze situations. 
the outcomes, decisions. They come up with 101 ways to do something in their own mind. And then this makes it bloody challenging to ever take action and move forward. So you can get lost in this loop, constant loop, and you, you get what they call analysis paralysis. Another trait is um, fear of judgment. People with high-functioning anxiety have a fear of being judged by others. And it can contribute to a kind of hesitation you know, in themselves and their ability when it comes to starting and completing tasks. Again, because they don't want to be seen as not up for the task or letting people down. People with high-functioning anxiety, they have a kind of a need for control. They'll kind of struggle with, you know, give, giving up the control to others. And that leads to difficulty in delegating or trusting others with tasks. And it doesn't become from an ego perspective. I think it's to do with things not being done in one of the dozens of ways that their feckin' overthinking brain has come up with. So it's nothing personal, like. Another trait would be maybe these people are people pleasers. And maybe this is coming from a place of fear of driving people away. Another trait could be nervous habits, like playing with their hair. If they're not like me and they have hair, but like, yeah, that's irrelevant, isn't it? So if they have hair, they might be playing with it. It could be these people that, you know, constantly cracking their knuckles or biting their lips or chewing on their lip or biting their nails. That's my telltale sign that that it's kind of sneaking back into my life. And this all leads to an attempt to avoid discomfort. I think procrastination can become a coping mechanism. And it's it's about avoiding uncomfortableness or anxiety provoking tasks. So like we kind of put it off, but that's not avoiding it at all. It increases it because nothing gets done. And you can see the kind of loop that you get into. Jesus, it's 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 a bit of a muddle, isn't it? You're literally fighting against yourself before you've even started anything. Right. So there some of the traits um, that a high achiever with high functioning anxiety might might be feeling or portraying so let's try to understand if there's a link between high functioning anxiety and procrastination so procrastination can be a common struggle for high achievers with high functioning anxiety in a nutshell i think it offers temporary relief from the stress and anxiety that we associate with high expectations i.e the planning and perfecting and the worrying right about achieving a given objective but often it can lead to increased stress in the long run because what happens i know in my experience the tasks all pile up or deadlines are approaching and the pressure to perform or get things done just intensifies and then if left unchecked it becomes like a mental game of the dog chasing its tail do you know the way a dog chases its tail and run around circles so understanding the link between high functioning anxiety and procrastination it is essential that once we've kind of linked the two of them, that we develop some strategies to break free from it. So like anything that's kind of inside our own heads that, you know, that we're thinking up our scenarios like like procrastination, it is possible to, you know, at least reduce it a bit, if not overcome it, if you've got the right strategies and, you know, an improved mindset around it. Here's some useful tips that might help some high achievers with high functioning anxiety increase their productivity number one set realistic goals so when you set realistic goals part of it part of the goal would be almost like checkpoints that's where you break the tasks into smaller more manageable and achievable realistic uh, steps or goals within the goal and then this approach 
can reduce the overwhelm and make it kind of easier to get started in the first place. Because as you, you're not seeing it as the massive big goal. You're just, you know, breaking it down to, into smaller goals. And then you get momentum, isn't it? Before you even get there, I think, though, number two I've written down is prioritizing your tasks. See, if you identify your most critical tasks, you know, that are really pressing, you tackle them first, then it minimizes the urge to to procrastinate, you know, because you're really focusing on the main tasks. So learn to prioritize tasks. Number three would be embracing imperfection. So if you recognize that perfection is not always attainable and that mistakes are a natural part of your learning process, it's like we say that we don't strive for perfection, we strive for progress. Well, then that's where you're kind of embracing imperfection in that in that process. And that kind of reduces the fear of judgment, your own judgment, never mind other people's judgment. It kind of encourages you to keep taking action. The fourth one I have written down is be kind to yourself. You need to be kind to yourself and treat yourself with the same understanding and compassion that you would to a friend or a subordinate or another member of the team. Really get out of the habit of self-criticism and negative talk. You know, you need to catch yourself and you need to just, you know, cut that shit out. The fifth one written down is utilizing the five second rule. So when you catch yourself procrastinating, you need to take action, isn't it? Because that's the it's the opposite to taking action is procrastination. So Mel Robbins, I don't know if any of you listened to Mel Robbins. She came up with the, this thing, the five second rule. It's basically where you count from five down to one or zero. It's like counting down a rocket taking off is what she says. Five, four, three, two, one, boom, take action. And this, it is really simple and you might think it's childish, but it, it what it is, it's, it's like a pattern interrupt and it breaks the, the habit loop of procrastination. The sixth and last one that I've written down is establish a bloody routine. Create a daily schedule that includes designated work periods and designated breaks. Structured routines, I've found, helps you maintain focus and productivity. And when you've got the routine, it all comes from where we said about about uh, setting the goals and the, and the the goals within goals. But that them smaller goals or tasks as they become, if you're setting a routine, you know, like they fit into the routine. And as you tick one off, take a break, you know, you're kind of rewarding yourself. As you work your way through these tasks, you know, you got work, break, work, break. You, you kind of do get a bit of momentum. And you've less time to procrastinate and you've less will to procrastinate because you can kind of see, you can kind of see as how much you're getting done as you, as you get going. I was talking to a friend a couple of months ago and they asked me, well, what's your, what's your, what's your routine like, or what are you at tomorrow or whatever? And I was doing so many different things related to this, whether it was the website, whether it was the podcast or whatever, whatever, whatever tasks I had on, I had so many on, I hadn't actually structured them. And I was told in no uncertain terms, that's bullshit, man. <laughs> you need to get a routine going. I was like, God almighty, how have I not structured my day? So I myself had to go and almost write out a timetable. Oh, there's plenty of online apps and stuff that you'll use for it. But 100%, that's definitely, you, you could probably, you could put any of them first in the list here. But number six there could be first is to get this established routine. Have a time for planning and a time for taking action and uh, and follow the follow the order that you've set out. So, yeah, number six is important. Now, look, 
I didn't list this one as a as one of the steps. I left that six steps because I really think that this should be a standalone thing that everyone, whether you procrastinate or not, you should be doing it. And that's the whole area of mindfulness and stress management. Mindfulness and stress management, look, they're powerful tools in your toolbox of life, I suppose, for high achievers with high functioning anxiety and for those without it. And I've spoken about this in a previous episode, but practicing mindfulness, like breath work or meditation or whatever you do for yourself, it does reduce anxiety and it will help you increase your focus. Managing stress effectively can prevent procrastination triggered by these overwhelming feelings. So I would say, and I would urge everyone, get in the habit of giving 1% of your day to your mental health. So 15 minutes a day equates to approximately 1% of 24 hours. So set this time aside for mindfulness and see does it help. And maybe you'd let me know how you get on with it, but 15 minutes is about 1% of your day. Set that aside for mindfulness. Right, to wrap it up here, we've explored the traits of high achievers with high functioning anxiety and how it all relates to procrastination. You would not believe how common this is, folks. So just remember this, you're not in in this alone. Like you're not struggling in this alone. The amount of people that suffer with this, just people don't talk about it. But the good news is, like I said, if you start implementing some practical strategies, maybe you take one or two from the six above or seven if you include that bonus one or the one we all should be doing you start setting these realistic goals and you know breaking it down into the manageable steps and go go a bit more easy on yourself then you can overcome procrastination you get to a place where you're all right with being kind of like like they say perfectly imperfect take these small steps towards your goal rather than trying to make these giant leaps you know don't forget to celebrate your progress along the way folks thanks for joining me and i hope the episode will help you consider actually how great you are doing as you strive towards your goal and to those of you that maybe don't deal with procrastination in your daily life that's bloody brilliant but i'd urge you to try to notice team members of yours who do and quite often they're the guys and the girls that you'll use the word you know you know in any organization they're like i can always rely on x or y to you know to get things done they're so reliable well maybe now you might spot the signs the signs that we've mentioned above that these are them people or possibly are them people and maybe you'll offer a bit of support. Look, if you like my content and you want to help me out, do us a favour and like like the podcast, give me a follow and please share it with your family, your network, your friends. You know that it helps it grow. Get out there. Look, until next time, take care, mind yourself and change on purpose.